that you may be seated. Lord God said, let there be light. And there was light. That's how our boys get woke up a lot of mornings. I walk into their room and let them know that God said, let there be light. And there was light. And I'm not too nice about it most times. It's usually really loud and has something to do with a, I don't know, an elbow in the back or, a, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. All that for the purpose of them learning that they'd rather get up on their own than me come into their room. So, uh, hey, it's a great day to be alive as we open up God's word. And uh, as he did speak and uh, things happened uh, in the John chapter one, it says that uh, in the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. And so we have this spoken word uh, along with the written word that when God spoke, uh, you know, let's uh, the earth into existence. Let's make the earth and the sky and all those things. You know that, that that's when he put all the things that we study in science together? That's when, that's when, when he created, he, that's when photosynthesis happened. And then that's when uh, we, uh, you know, the numbers of math, uh, two plus two equals four, all just happened. And then we as uh, his creation now spend uh, our lives studying what he created and, and then we, we learn from that, and really it's just a, a, him revealing to us uh, how he's uh, done that. So a uh, so little uh, question that I have this morning is I got four different kinds of bottle of water, refresh, I don't know. Do you say refresh or refresh? It's got an E on the end. Just, is it just a different way of spelling it? Is that really? Kirkland, Kirkland little uh, what, Costco water. Nestle Pure Life and some Body Armor Sport Water. Do you know what these all have in common other than they're in a plastic bottle? They're all water. Good observation. What about the water? Anybody know? It's purified. You know how it's purified? No? All right. That's what we're going to talk about today. All right, those of you that have bulletin already know maybe, but maybe you don't look at your bulletin, which happens a lot too. Um, hey, uh, learning uh, these bottles of water, um, as a word that was coming to mind as I studied, that uh, just as our lives and the word of God and, and knowing what he's created and, and, and living out what God has for us, um, it doesn't happen by osmosis. So you know what osmosis is? Huh? I need to go back to science class. And, uh, and it's actually kind of, I mean, it's really simple, but the way, they, the way I read it, I was like, man, it spent me half a day trying to figure it out. But it's really simple, is that you got, you got two liquids separated by a, a membrane, and then one has a bunch of uh, molecule or uh, what are solutes in it. Hey, thanks. I, I knew you'd help me out. Uh, and so the solutes on this side are more than this side, and then but they they transfer the one with more transfers till they're equal. The solutes in both are equal, and that's osmosis that it just happens naturally, right? And so uh, when we get to uh, the understanding of thoughts and ideas, do I have it right? She, 
the water will move the opposite direction. The, that's my point. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> I was right. Yes. But there was way more to it than the simplified version of what I wanted. I get it. Yeah. Super. Um, so, but in phrase, you know, we could get this in thoughts and phrases and, and teachings, right? Is it that when just, just what I know and what I've read and just you being here, right? Like doesn't happen by you just being here. You get the same thought. You get the same information. You believe the same thing, right? It just, it just, it just doesn't happen. My, our kids, right? Our kids or people that we teach, it just, it doesn't happen by them just um, being in class, speaking to the science teacher again, right? It just, it just, this, them being in class, they don't get the information by just being there. What do they do? They teach it. They make them take tests. They make them quiz. They make them read, right? Because that's how they learn. It doesn't happen by just osmosis. And growing in Christ doesn't happen just by osmosis. See, um, I'm, I'm afraid, though, I do have to clarify with this, life in life, uh, and I don't know why it's so easy that sin seems to be able to work that way. Sin and the things that uh, destroy us, uh, you know, uh, the um, bad habits, all of that, those things get to work by osmosis. Man, my bad habits, my kids just pick up on those just by being around me, right? The good stuff, they don't, the good stuff, they don't pick up on that stuff just by being, being around me or us, right? But man, so, so we need then to know that uh, really holiness and righteousness, it actually takes reverse osmosis for it to work. And so if you uh, drink bottled water, uh, we know that this is the practice where they put pressure on the water to push it through the membrane of a filter to then purify it and get rid of the, st- the stuff that people don't want to drink or shouldn't drink. And they purify the water through reverse osmosis, which takes pressure, practice, and discipline to filter out sin and purify and cleanse. So, as we think of reverse osmosis and, and that pressure to, to create, cleanse, and purify like they do with water, I hope you never drink another bottle of water without thinking of your relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ as the filter, the Holy Spirit, the filter that brings uh, this thought and the thoughts of cleansing from sin to your mind. So, and we like our bottled water. So hopefully that encourages you or challenges you the rest of your life. Um, see, as we, uh, we see this happen, Paul has this in mind with, for the church in Ephesus as he, he, just, he challenges them to purify, to, to deal with sin uh, and, and encourages us to settle, um, to not settle for a life of just taking what's easy or impure just taking life on by osmosis and, and living it out. But he, he, he wants us to, to, to be pure and to reverse that as he used phrases in the last couple of weeks, uh, like uh, verse one of chapter four, as a prisoner for the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. I, I urge you, I, I put pressure, uh, you know, that, that urging of that feeling of pressure to, to seek the calling God has for us. 
Uh, then he, he uses the phrases then to prepare right? To prepare God's people for works of service. Uh, that, that idea of practice and, and getting ready for so that the body of the, the, body of the church can be built up, uh, the, the work of that. Um, verse 17 of chapter 4 also, he says, I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. Don't live as the Gentiles do. You know how the Gentiles live? Osmosis. They just, they just, they just do what feels good whenever, whatever, and they just, they just take it in and they say, whatever comes easy. So don't, don't do that. But live in reverse. Put off the old self. Be made new. Put on the new self. Catch it. It's, it's the practice of it, the pressure of being new. And then the rest of chapter four is a direct instruction to reverse osmosis, the reverse the sin, reverse the osmosis of sin and actually practice purification. As we, we went through last week, we were talking about, uh, you know, speaking truthfully and not, uh, uh, not, not lying, you know, just dealing with anger. Uh, you know, you must not steal, you know, no unwholesome talk, all of that stuff, just a list of sin. And he says, hey, get rid of that. And then on the, the, the opposite side, how you do that is actually put into practice the things you should do. And so, and what we're going to see here in chapter five is that Paul continues that. And as he continues that, there's a, a hinge verse that gives us the goal that Paul has for the church in Ephesus. And he says this in Ephesians chapter five, uh, that's where we'll be today in verse one. He says, be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children and live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God, be imitators of God. Live a life of love. Learn to love. Practice love. Become, become, become those people that, 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 that love like God loves. And as uh, we see that, he then goes into... Uh, uh, just dealing with sin. And, and right now it's like uh, he gives us that goal and then he returns to the sin stuff. And, and it's almost like to, when I was reading this, it's like, don't get distracted. The goal is to live a life of love and be imitators of God, right? To purify, be, be holy, be righteous. And so don't get distracted. There's just so many things in life that want to distract us. And sometimes it's even people. And uh, there's this story, uh, if uh, you remember, if you're a baseball fan, uh, Yogi Berra, if you, you know, this is back in the 1950s, Yogi Berra, right? He was a catcher. Uh, and uh, what he'd do, he'd, he'd constantly be up uh, talking to the batters and talking to his teammates, and it was constant chatter. And then every once in a while, as he was chattering, he'd kick dirt on the batter. He'd just kick dirt on their shoes. That's a play with their heads, right? I kind of like that guy. Huh? Huh? And, uh, and so uh, as the story goes, uh, in uh, 1957, they were playing the, the Braves, uh, and uh, Hank Aaron steps to the plate. And uh, as he steps to the plate, uh, Yogi was doing his normal stuff and, and you know, kind of giving him a hard time. And uh, first pitch comes by and, and you know, it lets, lets it go. And, you know, I can't, it didn't say, the story doesn't say if it's a strike or ball, but Yogi says, uh, hey, Hank. You, you, can't, you, can't, you can't hit the baseball. They say that you're, you're supposed to be able to read your label. You're holding your bat wrong. 
So look, look at the, you know, you got to turn your, turn your bat so you can read that. Louisville Slugger, you got to turn that. You know, you read that. Well, next pitch, Hank didn't say nothing. He just knocked the ball over the fence. So as he went to first, rounded, he got to home plate and he said, Yogi, I didn't come here to read. <laughs> right? Just, just all distraction. We don't, want to, we don't want to get distracted. And this is, what, this is what Paul's saying. Don't get distracted by all the sin. Don't get distracted by the easy life of just taking on life by osmosis and kind of going through the motions. It, it's, it's work. There's, there's pressure that we need to be able to discipline ourselves and put into practice so that we can purify and we can, we can um, allow God to make us holy. And it's important. As Paul is challenging us to pursue life in Christ, live a life of love, knowing what Christ did for us, knowing that you know, he, went to, he, he sacrificed his son, right? Christ went for us as a sacrifice. So don't get distracted and don't get distracted by probably the most distracting thing. The sin that distracts us the most is what he jumps into the, right away. And as I read this, as I, we take this, we understand that Paul's writing this because this church struggled with it, right? He wouldn't, be, he wouldn't have to say it if they didn't struggle with it. So verse three, five, three, he says, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Not even a hint of sexual immorality. Well, man, for us in this day and age, we, we, we kind of like to make excuses for people so that, you know, there's maybe more gray okay, than, than there sh- should be. That's what, that's what Paul's saying here. Not a hint of sexual immorality. We got to understand here that we're not judge, jury, and executioner. We are not responsible for others, right? We can't make them live moral. But what we can do is we can stand for true morality, that's, created, that's communicated in the Holy Scriptures. Genesis 1.27, God created man in his own image. In his image, he created the male and female. God blessed them and said, be fruitful, increase in number. Right? And then Genesis 2.24, God instituted marriage after making Eve out of Adam's rib. He says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. And you know what it says right after that? Verse 25. The man and his wife were both naked and felt no shame. And we're in the middle of this thing called family ties, and, we, and it all comes a lot down to marriage. And, and we see here that there's no shame in the context of marriage when no hint of immorality is pursued. Not lust, not pornography, not romantic story through movie or book not a relationship outside of biblical God-given marriage. Not a hint of sexual immorality. As uh, we stand for that, we, you know, most people in this world would think we are crazy, but let's not get distracted by our culture. Let's not get tra- distracted by the excuses we come up for, for sin and the power of sin that, that makes us start making excuses. Let us know what Christ, that Christ died for us and that through this, that he has forgiven us. This is what I think. Why we, why we make excuses for people to live immoral is because we have. Look into, look into my past, look into the right. 
And it's, it's, you know, you go very far and it's like, oh man, how can he be, how, how can he tell me to live pure and live moral? Oh, yeah, okay, well, you know, I made bad decisions here, so they're making those same things. So, oh, it's okay that they do it. No, it's not. We want to save them from it, don't we? We want them to live better. We don't want them to have to suffer the same consequences we did. And so let's understand that we've been forgiven of our past sexual immorality. So that then we can go to God's word and say, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be. But the way I did it isn't the way it was supposed to be. The way God said it is, that's the way it's supposed to be. So I want to live in that. And let's seek what God has for this area. The blessing that he has, the, 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 uh, the, the, the amazing uh, confidence, the, just everything that goes along with purity and, and uh, just relationships that are, have no shame because they're in the context of what marriage is. And this isn't just after you're married. Obviously, it's before you're married. Right? You know, this, this whole one woman, one man deal goes way at the beginning of your relationship. Because if you're in dating relationships, a whole bunch of them, is that one man, one woman? Right? You're giving your heart to somebody and then, right? See how that works? We got we to we be, be understanding of it. And of course, we can't spend all day and just like last week, each one of these could be a sermon series on itself. But recognize that he says, don't let, you know, among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality. This means in our lives and even making excuse for others. And so he says, not only this as we continue, but impurity, right? Kind of the same deal, but we're talking, uh, you know, no longer is it just uh, sexual impurity, but it's all impurity of, of any off color, anything that, that it doesn't line up. And this should uh, clearly let us know of what we look at, what we watch, what we uh, allow into our homes. It says, and not even a hint of that either. Or the next one of greed. I don't want to miss, you know, we can't miss greed right? There's not supposed to be a hint of this either. So I got a question for you. Ready for it? In 2020, did you hoard toilet paper? Hoard toilet paper? <laughs> well, others went without? Huh? We might need to check ourselves when those things happen, Right? There's many more examples of greed. Um, And if I were willing to bring them up, I'm pretty sure I would just make us defensive and possibly mad. So I don't think I'm going to do that today. I just want to know, I just want to just reaffirm what Paul says. Among us, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity, or of greed. Why? Because these are improper for God's holy people. And then he continues. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place. So we have this, this, this pressure 
that God's word puts on us, that the Apostle Paul, he's putting, putting this pressure on us so that it purifies us. It, it causes it not to live in osmosis of just the world's ideas and culture's ideas, but to reverse that, to purify, send it through the, the filter of the Holy Spirit as we hear from, from God's Holy Spirit that, 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 that sin needs to get out and his spirit needs to get in. Get all rid of all that. But So what's the, what's the flip side of that? is then to be thankful. Be thankful for what God does give us. Thankful for that we can be in relationship and pursue marriage and holiness. We can pursue that. Do you know what things? There's, there's humor in the things that God has given us. We don't have to turn to off-color jokes and uh, sexual humor and all that stuff. We can be thankful for that. So we, we turn to thanksgiving and thanksgiving of, of how we can build relationship the right way. And not just out of this, this, this off-color stuff. And then he, he continues to apply the pressure to let us know that it's not of God. For verse 5, for of this you can be sure, nor, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater. Such a man puts these things before God. They, they allow them, he allows them to replace God with these things. And if they do that, they, they have that's here. No idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. They don't get to experience God working in their lives because they, they're seeking idols. They're seeking the, what feels good, when, when it feels good, and, and just whatever culture's saying. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. We see this, this, this man, really, if we live in osmosis and we just kind of let things go, that's not an excuse, right? That's not an excuse that, that God's going to say, oh, you really didn't know. Oh, you know, you lived and in, in you let these things in your life, this sin, this immor- impurity, this immorality into your life. Oh, you'll be okay. That's like what we like to do, right? We see here, no, God's wrath is on that. God doesn't, God says no, right? That's why he gives us his word to put pressure on us to, to push us to the, through the Holy Spirit and get that filter so we stop doing these things. He says, go so far as don't even partner with those that are doing it. Right? Don't even be around them so that sin, that, that stuff is awesome by osmosis transfer into our lives. Recognize Recognize this is going on. You know, uh, and know that we can be sure that if we live letting these things happen, we will not have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Paul, through that, is so great because he doesn't just give us what we shouldn't do. But he always gives us what we should do. He, 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 he reverses the osmosis and says, no, you should do this. And he says this in verse 8. For you were once in darkness. Remind, remember, right? Just like I said earlier, remember. Hey, yeah, we did that, but we know that there's forgiveness. Remember you were once in darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Catch it? 
We once lived here. Don't use that as an excuse. But now know that you're children of light. And as you live as children of the light, catch this, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Right? Live as children of the light. So the light. Uh, for, uh, since I was uh, about, well, younger than 13, but 13, I started working with my dad fairly consistently uh, at 10 years old, I remember. And then, but as I, as I got older uh, and more proficient at uh, the drywall process and perfect taping and, and uh, just actually became uh, one that took on jobs myself and, uh, you know, my dad was a perfectionist and uh, I would walk onto his jobs and he would, he would have these lights like hanging all over the place. And so I just like, this is a 300 watt bulb. I'm going to try to find a outlet. This one's covered up here, but we'll, we'll get to it. And so my dad would like all over the place, he'd have these 300 watt bulbs Let's see if this works. And then they'd, oh yeah, it's kind of bright. And not only, oh, is it going to stay on? There it is. And a lot of times it wouldn't even be just one, it'd be two. In every room, there'd be these lights. And they'd be super bright. And uh, that one's going to stay on or not? I don't know. But, and right, and then you'd walk in and, it's like, whew, bright. I said, man, you really need those? He goes, yeah, because when you have light, you can expose all the things that are wrong in the room. And so pretty soon, he, we'd have to take these, and we'd have to get them right up against the wall, and we have to check out the wall, check out for any imperfection, right? And that's what, that's what light does. Like even with drywall process or, or anything, it just, when you turn on the light, it exposes stuff. And so, my dad would come into my job, and guess what I started getting? Lights. Oh, I'm so glad you have lights. Yeah, this is good. I started using them because I didn't want any job to be imperfect. I'd expose it by the light. That's what Paul's telling us to do. And so, but then uh, I had a little joke as my dad would come in, and he'd look at my jobs and stuff, and he'd say, oh, yeah, it looks good. And I'd go over and Shut off the lights. And I said, yeah, everything looks good in the dark. People walk in, hey, oh man, it looks good. Yeah, it looks good in the dark. But it, it, that exposure, this is what he's talking to, Paul's talking about. Hey, have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. Turn on the light. All right? We, and we understand that uh, Paul isn't just talking about physical, physical light. But, of course, we know that it wouldn't hurt for us in some situations to make sure the lights are on. Check ourselves. All right? Why do we shut off the lights? Huh? When the lights are off, it feels like we can hide. Yeah, when we come into service here, right? It's just like, man, I'm so thankful for this building and how there's natural light. Right? If it was just totally dark in here, you know, it feels like we can, we're hiding something. We don't, we don't need to, we don't, how do we flip on the lights? Young people in your relationships, if you seek to start off right, 
And you want, you want to make sure that you're uh, not going to get ripped off in a relationship? Live in the light. Live in the light. Turn on the lights. Just when you're, you're with other people and stuff, live in the lights. Now, you know, not under, understand this. That, yeah, I understand that it's dark sometimes. So then we flip into the spiritual side of it. Sometimes it's dark. But Paul's telling here, it's not just physical light. We live in the light of God's word. We live in the light of, that exposes the truth of the darkness. And so we live in the light even when it's dark. See, God can see right through darkness. He doesn't, he, we don't need to really rely on physical light. We rely on spiritual light. And so we, we expose those things. And we know that he's there to, to uh, reveal to us. See, for we know, verse 12, for it is shameful even to mention what did the deep disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is the, the light of God's word. The light, that's what makes everything visible. So we live in the light. This is why it's said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Wake up from the darkness. Christ and the light of the world will shine on you. And so we, this makes sense, Right? We need to flip on the light. So Paul continues and he says, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. <laughs> live wise. Make use of every opportunity that you're in to, to, to run through the filter of light and darkness. Is, is, is this that I'm going to go to? Uh, a good movie? And then is it, is it, is it, what, what are the, the, the dark things about the movie? What are the good things about the movie? And should I even watch the darn thing? Run it through the filter, light and darkness. Be wise about what we do. This book should I read? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it, is it going to bring light into my life or is it going to just, is it dark? Is this, whatever, whatever we do, be wise, not unwise. Take every opportunity that we have in our lives that when we put ourselves and spend our time with stuff to, to, to see whether it's going to bring light and life to our lives or darkness. Now, can we, right? Can we go into a place that's normally used for darkness and still live in the light? Of course, we need to, right? But we need to be wise about when we do that. Be careful how you live, not as wise as unwise. This is Paul telling us how to live, not in darkness. And so just push it through the filter. Make most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Understand what the Lord's will is and what he wants from you. And this is how you figure it out as you you be wise and live in the light. And then Paul s- s- slips this in. I don't know why he kind of s- slips this in, but this is this must be what was going on, and he kind of didn't m- mention it earlier, so now he has to make sure he mentions it. He says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. And so he, he brings up this, 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 this deal that's been through the ages that we've deal with in cultures after cultures. There's this idea of, of drinking and alcoholism and stuff, and he just says, hey, don't be wise. Don't get drunk. Why? Because it leads to debauchery. Do you know what debauchery is? 
Debauchery is just doing what feels good when, when it feels good. It's, it's just the, the desire for sensual pleasure, just, just to, to live in pleasure all the time. And so when, you, we, when people are drinking and drink to drunkenness, then it's like, hey, let's just do whatever feels good. And so Paul says, hey, be wise. Don't do that. It leads to debauchery. So, how do we go from, how do people go? We can't necessarily say us, because we do pretty good, right? But how do, how do we lead people? How do people go from where they're at to this? Let me read it for you. This is what it looks like. Instead, so that, that the life of, of sin and living by osmosis to this life in Christ and living like this. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is that a picture of how we live today? Singing to each other hymns, speaking in hymns, spiritual songs, encouraging each other as we're filled with the Spirit. How do we, how do we go from a, a life that's kind of been in the dark to a life that lives in the light, encouraging each other with the light and by, by living by the Spirit and the light of the world? We do it by giving thanks to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ and we talk to each other about that. But how we do this is simply... Ready for this? And this kind of goes back with Scott's little message, grace to you stuff, as he was speaking. This is what I thought to the end of the sermon. It's like, that's right on. Because spiritually, to live like this physically, we need some divine intervention in our life. We need some serious God showing up and exposing our sin and showing us that his grace is sufficient to take us from where we're at and to lead us into living a life of love and living a life of holiness and righteousness as we put through the pressure of the, the memory of the Holy Spirit, not living by osmosis, but reverse osmosis, and then he showing up in our lives that then we can become people that speak each other, encourage each other with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, and the word of God the spoken word of God from the very beginning and seeing how God's world is put together. And then start applying it to our lives and our families so that then we can live like this so that we can influence anyone outside of this to see what it is to live a life in Christ in the light of the world. My friends, it doesn't happen by osmosis, but by the reverse of submitting to God and submitting to each other for Christ because that's exactly what Paul says in verse 21. It comes from submitting to each other in Christ for each one of us that live in the light and hold each other accountable. And then we speak to each other and encourage each other. And then we submit to each other that this is the way we want to live. And God, through his spirit, divinely intervenes in our lives and changes us. He changes our families. He changes the situations where we look to him instead of look to the world for answers. And we let his spirit work in our hearts and our lives. And so as we invite the music team to come forward to close, if you're willing, just sing this last song and close service by asking the light of the world 
to turn on the light in your life, to expose the things that hold you back from him, that, that cause you to maybe feel guilty of maybe some past sin, but you know you're forgiven now. And so you, 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 you repent of that so that, man, that you can live in confidence over that sin. Take opportunity as we sing the song and close to, to deal with some of that as we give uh, the rest of the last couple of minutes to our great God. Father God, may we, your people, hunger for you to turn on the light in our lives and to show us this, the holiness, the righteousness, the goodness, the love that you have for us and for everybody. And that, Lord God, the encouragement that comes through a people that, uh, that can just get rid of all the, the anger, the malice, the slander, get rid of all the impure and the, the immoral stuff, Lord God, and, and then pursue the right living where there is no shame. When there is only encouragement and, 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 and living a life focused on you, not getting distracted by sin. Lord God, may we, Lord God, uh, see uh, these things as we walk and live through your grace. And may we be reminded by your Holy Spirit. And then, Lord God, may that cause us as a church to seek you. And, and then, Lord God, use us uh, to influence those around us for your glory. Thank you for each family here. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to be together. And as you go, may you strengthen us, uh, the family. Uh, tie us all together in you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, this, uh, real quick announcement that uh, we want to just encourage people at the uh, museum today is having an open house from two to four. So if you're not uh, doing too much this afternoon or if you want to be around for that, I uh, encourage you to stop down there uh, today. So thanks for coming. Great to be with you. I'm going to close it up. I don't know.